All right, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball, the only podcast in existence dedicated solely to Oregon State men's basketball. As always, I'm your host, Andy. I'm here with my friend, Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, Andy. You know, as as we look outside, the, the weather has really heated up this past month or so, and, and so has the college basketball off-season news cycle. And so it's great to be sitting down with you it's time for a little check-in. There's been some exciting stuff going on, some transfer news, some schedule news, and and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, a little check-in is the perfect way to describe this as we sit at a nice little table and the nice little sunshine that we have acquired in Portland. Such a beautiful thing. Just like the off-season, we're going to get into everything, the transfers, the college basketball landscape, what is going on at USC, what is going on at Utah, the story that really only I care about. Yes, the, the, <laughs> the, the, certainly the page two story that we're going to get into as well. Um, but first, as always, the Oregon State fight song. I can't remember the last time I listened to that song on such a beautiful day, and it is rejuvenating. I, if I was more hungover, I wouldn't be anymore. That that cured it. It's so beautiful when the weather and scenery outside matches the feeling of that song. It's a rare thing around these parts. It's it's a perfect storm, so to speak. All right. Well, let's get into the off season. Let's start with. Uh, Arguably the number one news story uh, to this podcast, and that is that we were featured in Rolling Stones. I shouldn't say featured, but we were mentioned in Rolling Stone. And by we, I mean Sam. But still, the Peyton years was mentioned in Rolling Stone. I cannot repeat that enough. I, I insisted, uh, Corbin, shout out to Corbin Smith, the writer of the article. Yes, a bad day for the haters. It was both of us. The Peyton years... It has now been quoted in Rolling Stone as well as the Willamette Weekly. So it's been a hell of an offseason for us in that regard. But, uh, yeah, Dylan Brooks sucks, and he ruined his whole career acting like an asshole this postseason. And uh, I was happy to get to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, if you had told me way back when, when I started this podcast, that we would be mentioned, cited in an article in Rolling Stone that's explicitly talking trash about Dylan Brooks, I would have said, Sounds like a dream come true. Absolutely. And that's about right. That tracks. Yes. Yeah, so now we, uh, Andy and I can also say that we've been on ESPN radio, technically. It was only in the mid Willamette Valley. Shout out to the Joe Beaver show. But yeah, what a ride. What a ride. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about uh, some other offseason notes. Maybe more. Kim. Maybe we'll put the link to Corbin's article in somewhere. Oh, we'll 100% do I that. I tweeted it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about the other arguably biggest story for Oregon State basketball this offseason. That's the transfer of Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor, after saying that he was going to stay at Oregon State, decided that he was going to keep his options open and look around, and he was swayed. He will be joining Rick Patino in St. John's in New York City next year. He was also being recruited by Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma State. So a lot of big-name programs going after GT. Um, the New York Post – their uh, title of the article when he signed was Glenn Taylor transferring to St. John's in major Rick Bettino win inside the article. Again, this is the New York Post, so they are known to hyperbole, but they said arguably most significant transfer of Patino St. John's era. 
Granted, it's a two-month-old era. It was less than that even. It's a hilarious statement to make, but they are bought in on having Rick Pitino coaching a team in New York again. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say what you will about Rick Pitino. Uh, he's not my favorite uh, for a litany of reasons, but uh, he knows how to find dogs. I would never disagree with him on that. And and he got one in Glenn Taylor. I think it's going to be a great fit. I think you and I can both agree as reasonable, mature adults that he got a bag to go there. He did not leave Oregon State because he was unhappy. He left because he quite literally was being made offers he could no longer refuse. Yeah, I'm sure he's having a nice little payday, and he gets to live in New York City for a year. And if we're honest, Glenn Taylor is the type of player who would really thrive in a Rick Pitino system, like an athletic, aggressive scoring guard that's what rick patino traditionally makes his money on maybe if the jump shot falls you know you could see him turning into a serious player out there yeah absolutely and he's good he, he's added two or three big time three-point shooters too so he'll have a big year i'm gonna have a, a bad night i'm already envisioning it around christmas time late at like the tinker tavern they'll have like espn2 on and i start yelling because glenn taylor's going off in a Big East game. Well, I've always been a Johnny's guy, so I don't know. I'll still support Glenn because he's a good kid. He's a good player, um, and I'll still catch a lot of their games like I always do. I'll be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. St. John's basketball. Go go, Red Storm, is I it, guess. Is this the remakings of Shamari Ponds? Shout out to anybody who's into St. John's basketball. I, I suppose that is an apt comparison. If There's some, maybe Tim in Pennsylvania, if he still listens, because he's out there. He yeah, might true. appreciate that. Comp. And it's not a good comp at all because if you watch Shamar, you know that he's a 5'10 guard who just guns threes, but still a same scoring hair, guard. Though, same when hair Glenn though. lets it out. When yeah. He lets it out. That's right. Um, Oregon State also lost Nick Crass. He'll be transferring to Southern Miss. Uh, any thoughts on Nick being on? Who didn't get to see as much of him as the other freshman, but had a really good tone setter for the team. Yeah, I think we were both fans. He never had that true breakout game or games you were kind of hoping for, but he played his ass off. I mean, I less surprising, obviously less of a loss than Glenn Taylor, but he'll be missed. I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll certainly be paying attention to Southern Miss. That could be a nice fit for him as a shooter off the bench. Yeah, any, any just general thoughts on the transfers leaving? Because I will say that if we're honest, if we pull the veil back, it's devastating losing Glenn Taylor. We talk, we we used the word devastating when on our last podcast with Seth when we you know we had several drinks about it. I think at that point we didn't know he was going to St. John's. It's I think it's a fair word. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't have nice things to say about some of the guys they have coming in. And at this point, it they have a. It's important to remember there's an unfilled scholarship. So yeah, there's still you potential hope player that, out there. Um, the, the, they're not done building this roster. And remember that Abekwe was signed in September of this past calendar year. So it could be a while, you know, but I don't know what else to say about it. I, well, I'm going to miss watching Glenn Taylor play. Yeah, I'm going to miss. He was a fun player to watch. Going to miss sitting next to his family at the Pac-12 tournament. Right. It only makes it harder to be to really go through it with his aunt for a full basketball game weeks before he did that. It's also very, very serendipitous that you would get to say great season to him on an airplane coming back from Vegas, which was just a layover for you. He lives there. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I, maybe I was the last fan to talk. That can't possibly be true, but in my mind, we'll say that. I was the last fan to talk to Glenn we, Taylor. We each got one in. 
Um, okay, let's talk about the current roster for Oregon State because they did add some new players. Let's start off with right what, now. We move forward. Now we once move forward. again. Listen, there's an old German saying that says you can give up as. <laughs> stay with me. There's an old German saying that says you can give up as many times as you want as you climb a mountain as long as your feet keep moving. In that spirit, let's keep those feet moving. Let's talk about something. I that's, hope you hear me stomping my feet right now. That's right. In spirit, keep the feet moving. Um, let's talk about something positive. And this is a quote from Coach PC, who's friend oh, of the pod, D2 uh, extreme coach, almost was a D1 coach, borderline this year. Hopefully he gets, makes the jump here in the next couple of years. But great season for San Francisco Academy of Art. He's got the Yes, they've had the best season in program history the past two years. And he's been, yeah, in coincides with Gabe being there. It does. And he's not an orange-tinted glasses type of guy. He gives it to you real. He gives it to you raw. He's, not a, he's a duck grad, for crying out loud. He's not afraid to tell me when the beavers are bad. No, he is not afraid to criticize this podcast, even though he is a gracious guest. Exactly. And he told me directly, and he's told me this on multiple occasions, Oregon State right now has the best walk-ons. I, I love picturing the face of some of our listeners as as you give them that. But, yes, we do, in fact, have some of the best walk-ons in the country. And we can surmise that those dudes maybe could have gotten a scholarship in the Pac-West Conference. Yeah, they well, yeah, definitely in the Pac-West Conference. They both turned down smaller D1 offers, I believe, to walk-on preferred at Oregon State. It's a Gray Garrison, who's preferred walk-on from Washington, 6'9", uh, power forward, small forward, wing type player, really good. And then they are also bringing, able to bring in Josiah Lake, who was the leading scorer for the state of Oregon last year, two-time state champion at Tualatin. Average 25 points a game. Uh, what more could you ask for from your walk You know, the only thing I could think to ask for, has, has one of them beaten an Oregon Duck already before getting to college? And yes, Josiah Lake did against Jackson Shellstad, who's a little overrated, by the way. He is not Peyton Pritchard. No, he's not Peyton so, Pritchard, and that is good. That's something we're going to – Beaver fans, keep that in mind. Just anytime anything kind of goes off the wheels next year versus the University of Oregon, say, well – you know, our walk-on actually beat your starting point yes. guard in the state championship last year. the most important game of his entire life. It's a, it's a drum we will be banging, you know, right along with mm -hmm. Oregon State has made an Elite Eight more recently than Arizona has. Yeah, that's a great caveat. Um, okay, uh, new players who will probably be playing a lot can I, more. Can I ask one more question yeah. about a, the, the walk? You used the term preferred walk-on. I've heard of it. I don't know that I've heard it used in the bat. It, I, I just wonder if there's a difference between that and – Felipe, well, Lazo, I think, who I, we believe is going to be back, right? Yeah, I think a preferred walk-on is someone who's recruited to school with the potential of like playing instead of like an actual walk-on where you kind of reach out and right. do the grunt of the work. Um, all right, let's talk about Oregon State's new players that are bringing to the roster. They have two new freshmen signed. We've got Gavin Mars, who's a 6'11 power forward out of Washington, and we saw him in person at the Washington game. He is every inch of 6'11. He is for sure 6'11 and looked in the face like he could – still be growing he does not look fully matured yet to no. say he looks about 12 years old yeah he's the fourth best prospect out of washington 45th best power forward in the class of 2023 so some room to work there you saw some good things with tyler billado maybe kind of a player in the similar arc as him one, one a little more guard oriented i would say he played for seattle rotary while he is from rural washington which shouts dog to me you've yeah. got to have some dog in you if that's going to work true um, next player is Thomas Endong, 6'10", power forward out of Montreal. 
played with Casey Abekwe in the FIBA U18 America's Championship game, had two double-digit scoring outings in the tournament. Not average double digits, but had two outings where he got to double digits. Let's start there, though. Let's start there. Um, plays for the NBA Academy of Latin America, which is where Benedict Matherin, former Arizona guard and NBA Indiana Pacer, played. So that's an academy in Mexico that's for kind of top players from Canada, the Caribbean, and Latin America. So potential there, two bigs coming in to kind of sure up, which is a good thing because you saw there was a lack of front court depth last year in terms of Bilodeau, Rattai, uh, Casey at Beckway and Della. You know, there wasn't a lot of health, a lot of like kind of adjustments. These two players seem really similar to a Beckway and or not a Beckway to Rattai and Bilodeau to me, just kind of adding another pair of like 6'10 power forwards who've got some guard skill. Right. I don't think you would classify either one of them as a true center. And I know that's what a lot of people are hoping that they, they can find with this last scholarship. But um, they'll certainly be able to play the four. And it's exciting to think about perhaps putting out a lineup of, like you said, Rattai and Bilodeau and those two, plus a point guard and having a lot of size to work with. Yeah, definitely. All right. And speaking of plus a point guard. All right. So this is the third member of the new recruits, a JUCO transfer, but he's from McNary. So he's from the Kaiser Salem area. It's Nate Midoff, 6'5 guard from College of Southern Idaho, started all their games, was their leading scorer for a very good College of Southern Idaho JUCO team uh, that made it to the National JUCO tournament. A lot of people are saying that he'll fill kind of that Glenn Taylor void, kind of split those minutes between him and Akano. But any thoughts on Nate Midoff? I think he's probably the best spot-up shooter they're adding. Uh, here's here's my selling point for Nate Midoff, is that I think he has a very, very similar path to OSU that Isaac Bonton took to Washington State. And we always love any chance to bring up Isaac Bonton on this podcast, but he, he does, like, on paper – um, you know, a little under-recruited out of high school. I think even went to the same junior college. If it's not, it's the same league and was the best player on one of the best junior colleges in the country. And most importantly for the Beavers, he shot around 50% from the field and took a lot of threes. And that was what was lacking consistently on last year's team. Definitely. And College of Southern Idaho, that is a good, that's a better JUCO than the name College of Southern Idaho would imply. No, yeah, they're in like the the section one or whatever. It's a national JUCO. So he was playing as good a competition as like Deshaun Davis probably was or definitely was, you know. Exactly. Um, anything else on just the incoming players or exiting players or just on the roster thoughts in general? Well, again, remember there is, you know, there may still be one more addition to it. Um, I know, well, I, I feel good about those guys. I think they're adding size. They're adding a shooter. Obviously, we miss Glenn. But um, the biggest thing is is also, is just staying healthier. I mean, you have three guys in Shoal, Christian Wright and Justin Roshlin, who played very hurt last year. And if they're fully healthy, they could be different guys too. Yeah, definitely. I think that's good to bring up. Shoal's coming back not taking a medical retirement like it was kind of floated maybe last year. So hopefully you get to see him some games. Roshlin and Wright, I think especially Roshlin, um, could really add, be like kind of an X factor that people don't realize on the Oregon State team and maybe like slide into that starting shooting guard lineup just because he's so athletic, so active. Kind of if he can play a little bit more under control or under pace, which is kind of what Wayne likes to do, I'm assuming it'll be the same junk it up uh, philosophy this year as it was last year. I could see him sliding in. He's a rock fight guy. He's very athletic. And, I mean, he did have a couple games where we saw glimpses of it. He had a five-steal game where he also was in double figures. And I 
I think he'll we'll see him get a lot more corn threes. Me and you are insane because I'm already talking myself into. Uh, you feel <laughs> yourself coming around. I come around I'm, I'm like, yeah, Roshlin plus Akano, like split the shooting guard minutes between those two. That's solid. That's a pack five. That's a pa that's a fifth seed in the Pac-12 tournament right there. We haven't even talked about how we still have Jordan Pope. Oh yeah, I mean Pope. I think the Pope sophomore jump. You're gonna see it. Uh, let's just say that made Sam take a drink of water. All right, let's talk got, about. You got me, you know, too excited. Yeah, We're talking yeah. about Jordan Pope now. The ice cream trucks outside. That's how nice the weather is. Um, Should I bring up real quick that Christian Wright scored 19 points against Jabari Smith and Auburn? Yeah, bring it up. Go ahead. And that's the guy we're getting this year. That was not the guy we had last year when he hurt his knee in Italy. Exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about preseason games. Um, there's two big things that Oregon State schedules released. One, the Beavs will be playing in the NIT at Barclays Center during Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, baby. Yeah, we, somehow for two seasons in a row, we've been on like the A tournament over Thanksgiving. Yeah, the AD is working overtime. And I got to think it starts with Trevor. I believe it starts with Trevor, whether uh, he's a part of the scheduling process or not. But he's know? the heart. Exactly. Uh, okay, and then we've got, let's see. So the Bees will be at the Barclays Center. They'll be taking on either Baylor, Pitt, or Florida. So pray to God it's Pitt or Florida. <laughs> we want Baylor in the championship. Uh -huh. yeah, All eyes. Yes, Baylor is kind of reloading. Uh, much more than a lot of teams are. And they were very, very good last year. So that would be... That would be a fun early season test, to say the least. To say the least. The second game I want to bring up, and, and this to me screams Oregon State, but Oregon State will be playing Nebraska um, in a neutral court in South Dakota. Now, if you don't like uh, Nebraska versus Oregon State rock fight in South Dakota, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Please do not stop listening to it, but I have to tell you you are listening to the wrong Right. I, I don't know what brought you here if, if hearing – November basketball against Fred Hoiberg's team at the Sanford Pentagon, home of the Sioux Falls Sky Force, doesn't get you going. This, uh, yeah. And the thing about Nebraska is that they're terrible, and Fred Hoiberg historically will tank his teams to give one kind of outsized chance NBA player, prospective NBA player, the reins to kind of put together a great mixtape. Shout out to Isaac Bonton from or whatever his name is, the the guy who's on uh, the Toronto Raptors, the 6'7 point guard they used to have. Oh, right. Not Isaac Bonton. Not yeah. Isaac Bonton, but his name was Bonton. Um, so that's a gettable game right there. I think it, uh, it, it just reeks of CBS Sports Network at like 8.30 p.m. local mm -hmm. time oh, to yeah. me. It, it's going to be great. Um, yeah, we'll have to have a viewing party for that. Apparently that's the day they're also playing – they're the football team is playing Washington, so strap up for a doubleheader that day, Peyton Heads. Very true. Um, okay, anything else you want to talk about for Oregon State before we just move to kind of general Pac-12 updates? No, I think I think we've covered it. You know, we'll certainly do another check-in, hopefully get a, get a guest on. Maybe I'll reach out to – I believe Gavin Mars follows the Twitter already, so maybe I'll see if he wants to oh, wow. come on later this offseason and introduce himself. That would be awesome. Okay, then let's just talk about the general Pac-12 update. So this is going to be the last year with UCLA and USC, although I say that with the caveat that the USC athletic director, who played a very prominent role in getting them to go to the Big Ten, was fired last week for creating a toxic culture. For just cause. He sounds like a real asshole that shouldn't have gotten that job in well, the first place. When you hear that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten, you think, what type of monsters – 
are True. running these programs. They can't care about these kids. I bet they're the worst people in the world. We had to appoint someone truly sick to get this done. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that that's all true. Right. So that's uh, on the horizon. This is going to be the last chance you get to see a UCLA USC in research. So go or in Gill. So go check that out. Um, all right. Let's just jump around. What do you want to talk about first? Go ahead and, and go through some of the more general transfers. Okay. So I think it's interesting. All right. So this is one thing that I was talking to Sam about is that there's a massive exodus of talent in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 to me feels more open this upcoming year than it's been the last couple of years, just because of the amount of players leaving and them not really being replaced by too many like name brand name guys. Like you could argue that the number one or two transfers that the top two transfers into the PAC 12 this year are um, Keontae Johnson, who was the starting power forward for San Diego uh, state who went to the national championship game this year. So very good player. Um, but kind of like a role player starter, 25 years old. He's going to be a stud. He's going to Arizona. And then the second one you could argue is Severe Wheeler, the Kentucky point guard who's transferring to Washington and led the country in assists a couple of years ago, but still is not a very proven product for changing a winning culture. I already feel myself ready to predict Washington in like the top five and overrate them once again. I do it every you, season. Well, we've got to because they, they took a, a great – one of our favorite University of Portland players. But That too. Yeah, you it's it, – it, it's very strange that it's either uh, from the portal, at least Cal or Washington, that has the best haul from the Pac-12. Yeah, probably, probably Cal. We'll talk about them in a second. But here are a list of some of the top players that are not even going to the NBA draft, but just leaving to go to different con conferences. Kirk Reese is gone. Warren Washington, DJ Horn, Kalel Ware, Harrison Ingram, Michael O'Connell, Trey White, Keon Manyfield, and TJ Bamba. Do so you think that team would win the Pac-12 easily if you added one, maybe one more, one big, maybe big to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, easily. That's an amazing team. That's you could argue that though every single player I just mentioned in there was a top twenty-five player in the Pac-12 last year. Yeah, I think most of them were were all conference, mm -hmm. and even if they weren't, they were honorable mention. Where is Keon Johnson going? Keon Manyfield. Oh, Manyfield. I'm sorry. Yeah, I believe he's going to uh, Mississippi. He's going somewhere in the SEC. Well, fair enough. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, he's going to be great. Um, where is he transferring to now? I'm curious. Is it Mississippi State again? No. I'm just it, guessing it. I'm sorry. There's suspense now. Nope. Arkansas. Damn. Yeah. He'll be perfect for muscle. Now, you know, they're, this is so like – these SEC and Big 12 coaches are just spending the season watching guys in the Pac-12 and being like, we'll pay them I mean, a couple you got, hundred grand. It wasn't supposed to work this way. Well, it was a lot, there are a lot of big-name schools poaching players. Harrison Ingram from Stanford is going to North Carolina. Kalel Ware is going to Indiana. Trey White's going to Louisville. Keon Mayfield to Arkansas. TJ Bamba is going to Villanova. You've got a lot of big names. Kirk Kreese is going to West Virginia for some reason. They can't think of a less. That is so bizarre because we can agree, like. He's not a Huggins player. No, and he left Arizona because it wasn't working out. I mean, it kind of on disgraceful circumstances. Like, why does Huggins want him? No, it's crazy. So, a lot of big talent loss. UCLA is supposedly bringing in a really good player from overseas. That's kind of their big addition. But they're also losing to Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell, so. I think this will be the worst UCLA team in, in several seasons. That doesn't mean they're not going to be really good. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, okay, let's bring it on. Oh, let's talk about USC. So probably the team that has 
talk and will probably, if I were to bet right now, be ranked preseason number one in the Pac-12 is USC, who signed Bronny James, LeBron James' son. So you already know it's going to be a circus over there. They signed Isaiah Collier, the number one prospect, high school prospect in America, point guard, kind of built like a linebacker. We saw him at the Nike Hoops. So very impressive. Boogie Ellis decided to come back. So they bring back Boogie Ellis, already one of the best players in the Pac-12. And they got DJ Robin to transfer from Washington State. Yeah, it, they're bringing back Iwachukwu too, yeah. right? They, okay, they're going to be in – they should be in the top ten, right? Yeah, I don't know if they'll be in the top ten in the country, but I would be very surprised if they weren't the number one ranked team for the Pac-12. They'll be rated very high just for media coverage purposes. I mean, Bronny, it will be pretty good for them too. I mean, he's so overrated that I feel like now he's becoming a little bit underrated because people are shitting on him so much. Yeah, he'll be solid. And Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis, like right there – you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better backcourt in the Pac-12. Do you think, Maybe in the country, if Isaiah Collier really pops. More importantly, I think that they're going to be kind of like the the Beatles a little <laughs> bit for, for this one college basketball season, and I hope that they can single-handedly improve the Pac-12 Network's TV deal just on the way out the door. Oh, that is one thing I want to do. I want to preemptively apologize. It's to so Le- funny. Apologize to LeBron James for how hard it is to watch USC games. He on is going to melt down on Twitter with like you know pictures from his phone of his TV saying that the Pac-12 Southern California is blacked out in his area. Oh, there's going to be. We're a lot- never going to feel more kindred to LeBron James than that moment. There's going to be a lot of cryptic tweets that get dis- discussed endlessly by NBA uh, like Twitter nerds that are really about like the Pac-12 network not yeah. working. They're going to be like, who who is disappointing LeBron so much on his team? It's like it's not the team; it's the Pac-12 network. How is it just on Pac-12 Oregon? And then the ghost emoji or something like that. Yes, yeah, so that'd be great. Maybe you can get things turned around. Potential turnaround, too, for streaming is that ESPN is going full-fledged app streaming service. So that might potentially play into Pac-12 distribution somehow, some way. I think this next year, though, we're stuck with exactly what we had last year. And it's going to be so funny when so many more people are aware of what bullshit it is. It is. Welcome to the club. That one commercial about... That they replay about the fake law firm is going to get so much run. That's true. Those guys are going to be famous. Um, okay, so USC is the team that everyone in the Pac-12 is talking about. But here's the narrative, the team that I want to talk about a little bit, is Utah's sneaky superstar all-white team. And they're not all-white, but I just think, you know, Utah was they're getting closer and getting, closer. Getting closer and closer. They retain, they're probably going to retain Brandon Carlson. He's in the NBA draft going through the process right now, but there's a good chance he comes back. The only player they really lose is LeVar Stanovich, who's going to UCLA and kind of a surprise for UCLA to steal a off the bench Utah player. But as he we does said, seem like a Cronin guy. He does seem though. like a Cronin guy. Um, but they also, here's what the deal is they're bringing in Cole Benjamin from Washington and Lawson Lovering, who is the giant white guy starting center for Colorado. To join this Utah Casey team. Casey famously put in a torture chamber. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I My eyes are on, are on Utah because that is just the most stereotypical Utah team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they'll... Next play. year, there's going to be a play where Brandon passes the ball to Cole, who passes the ball to Lawson. <laughs> While, and then Ben is first back on deep. Because <laughs> Ben Carlson's still there. Ben too. Carlson's still oh there, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ugh. 
And they also got a BYU grad transfer who's also white. Who, like, right. I don't think you need to specify that. But no, they're not completely white. We love Boston Holt, yeah. former Roosevelt Rough Rider. No, yeah, and this there. isn't a this isn't a thing. It's just so it's just so funny it's just how much so, Utah's leaning no, into We're not Utah. saying it's a good thing, but it's so funny how they just continuously will uplift that stereotype, whether they mean to or not. And also, their coach looks like <laughs> who Utah's coach would be in a video game if they didn't have the rights to the real guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that Utah team. They're so fun. They're going to be very good. They're going to be good. They, they might have a chance to finish top four the way things shake out just with in terms of size. It's a very – when you add uh, Lawson, Lovering, and if you can bring Brandon Carlson back, that's two legit seven-footers who can play – actively maybe even play at the same time because Carlson has some kind of perimeter Carlson skills. can shoot threes and Lovridge has like a good mid range. Yeah. Game. So They're it's like good big. You could potentially see a giant white Utah uh, twin towers. I'm going to predict they have a similar arc to last year where they like beat Arizona. Start off good and then good kind of early. Out. And then I know they had some injury because is Riley Wooster coming back too? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, and Gabe Madsen is the – I confused them too, but Gabe yeah. Madsen is the, the better one. Right, and Gabe Madsen is coming back. God. Speaking of Madsen, let's talk – let's shift and talk about something that we're going to retire on this, this show. This is ceremonious. This is yeah. ceremonious. We will no longer be doing a Cal's Corner on this podcast because – Nope. Frankly, I started Cal's Corner because I used to be a bully in high school, and my, that is still in me at certain parts, and – I saw the one team that was consistently worse than Oregon State, and I said, let's only talk about them and their failings. I have lost all confidence that they are going to be worse than Oregon State next year, and they might be They're significantly going to be better than better. most people. I want to back this up a minute. It was It's more that, yes, we did bully Cal this year, but it came from a place of everybody being so firm that it was – you know, the Pac-12, you know, the, the first 10 teams, then Cal, and then the Beavers were their own thing, that we were going to be so terrible. And it's revisionist history that people say otherwise. We were the only ones saying this, you it's know, true. in last summer. And so it, I think it came more from a place of that, just validating our own feelings. But we did lash out and bully them, even though I did want them to win their Pac-12 tournament game. Yeah, how could you not? But... Yeah, so Mark Madsen, the uh, former famous Laker for dancing during the parade. Cal's Corner retired when they fired Mark Fox. Yeah, they fired Mark Fox. They brought in a new Mark. They brought in Mark 2.0, Mark Madsen. He has hauled in arguably the best transfers in the Pac-12. He's got two Texas Tech transfers, a guard from Memphis, and he got Mike Meadows, who's a great shooter, good playmaker from University of Portland, really solid guard. Uh, just that's a good haul. Yeah, it's 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 the best, as you said, transfer hall in the conference. I think that they'll be they they retained, I think, just the two guys they wanted from lat from Mark Fox's group last year and sent the rest packing. I don't even think Joel Brown is back. I'm gonna miss hearing Joel Brown yell fuck inside of Haas Pavilion, and you can hear it clearly because because there's no fans there. That's right. I I am going to miss last year's Cal, although they'll be fun to watch. Yeah, they'll be good. They'll be something to look at. We'll do kind of a more a better breakdown later on the summer, but that's just the general landscape right there. Do you have anything else you want to touch on for general landscape stuff? It it we were very excited to see that uh KJ Allen, just to give Portland State a quick shout out, it was cool to see that he KJ Allen from a uh, Texas Tech, speaking of Texas Tech, dude, is at Portland State now. 
Yeah, and famously of, of Last Chance U. Last Chance U. Yeah, we'll definitely be at Viking Pavilion checking out a couple of those games. I swear, hand to heart, that I saw him at the farmers market about a month and a half ago, looking around and seeing a bit, seeming a bit bemused by it. I don't think he's spent much time in Portland. No, probably not. Um, okay, well, let's just move into shout outs then, since you got started. Any other shout outs besides to Portland State, like you always well, do? No, shout outs to Gabe. Thank you for saying that. Shout outs to all the listeners. Um, shout outs to jo- Josiah and Gray and Nate. Welcome to the family, fellas. Exactly. Okay. And I've got a couple. I want to shout out a longtime listener, longtime friend of mine, uh, Austin Foss, who's a good buddy. Talked to her for the first time in several months uh, last week. And she told me that me and you, and this is Austin has listened to the show for years. And she right. said she had to stop last year because we were, and I quote, toxically positive so that is something that i have if i'm honest been called before <laughs> in other areas of my life i can't deny it sam you know no. for me that's it yeah this is the only area where anyone would refer to me as such and here like here i'll give it to you austin but we're talking about it at least we're taking on your comment you know because i want austin to be a listener and yeah and she'll come back and i want to say that me and sam are not toxically positive because we're trying to push some agenda we just love oregon state basketball so much it's like how do you talk how could you say something negative about some the one true thing you love in your life we're in the trenches no matter what plus sam and i are kindred spirits and you never thought two souls would meet like this and be able to talk positively about oregon state basketball so we feed on each other exactly i mean i it would not work as a solo operation uh we just it's not that we're trying to be toxically positive or ignore certain truths austin it's that we won't be broken is that better is that a better way to put it that's right i guess that is something that a toxically positive person would say but ignore that. We just won't be broken, Austin. We won't be broken. And then I have two quick other ones. Uh, one, I'm a huge Laker fan. Shout out to the Lakers. Great season. We proved all the haters wrong. Uh, <laughs> and then last Here's one. Your slow clap. Yeah. And then shout out to Ronald Gladden, the star of Jury Duty. Um, if you haven't seen Jury Duty on Amazon Prime, check it out. It's hilarious. But Ronald Gladden was the only person who wasn't an actor on this reality TV show where they did a bunch of crazy stuff. And he thought he was just on a jury. He's from Oregon State. And you just you can't ask for a nicer, better representative for your university. Just coming across as a truly wonderful individual. Shout out to that guy. No, it was a, it was a very, very odd experience watching Mechie Leap or someone I've done stand-up with before, like intentionally fuck with this guy who we've we have not met ronald but we've met that guy before a million of those guys true salt of the earth oregon state type engineer you can just tell yes i do assume him to be an engineering major i if anyone knows ronald it's not it's not the biggest reach in the world let's get ronald on the podcast yeah seriously let's end with that if you know ronald uh Get him on. Tell him we love him. He's got a positive mindset to make it as a Peyton head, I think. Yeah, let's get Ronald Gladden involved for sure. And you know what? This actually, I forgot to say this, but I I really meant to say it. Um, Fuck the Ducks. Fuck the Ducks. All right. Go Beast forever. We'll see y'all very soon. See you soon, Peyton heads.